Cities News Talk, AM 1130 and 103.5 FM. It is Friday. It is time. Crack open a cold one and enjoy another Minnesota Beer Cast with me, Drew, my co-host, Schmitty. That's me. We got uh, we got great beer. show lined up. We got, oh, we got beer. We got beer. We, we got, got beer. cigars. We got beer. We got cigars. We've got cigar-related products. I'm set for my Friday night. <laughs> I don't know about you. I just need uh, some meat hot and some muggy, cheese. Hot and muggy Friday night. Uh, kind of a nasty yeah. Friday night. What are you going to do? You it's can't choose the weather. Sticky outside. Yeah. <laughs> We'll make do. <laughs> we'll get by. Yeah. We got beer and cigars. It'll be okay. <laughs> I appreciate your positive attitude. It's the, it's the least I can do. <laughs> We've got we do have a, a full stacked show. We've got uh, the folks from Wabasha are here hanging out. Uh, we've got Chris and Brett, and we've got Josh from Surly Brewing. We've got Drew from Boveda, and uh, we've got Chuck from uh, Deployment Cigars is going to call in as well. So we've got a, uh, a show that's stacked. We will try to get through it all before will, the end of the We'll do our best. We will do our best. We might have to do a uh, sort of a post-show podcast uh, uh, edition on, on this show. It's so full. Those are popular. No, the people like those. It's, it's true. The ratings go through the roof when we do those. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> <laughs> Let's start off with Wabasha Brewing. Welcome to the program, guys. Hit the, uh, hit the on button there and uh, and say hello. We've got uh, Chris. We've got Brett. How are you guys doing? Good. Good. Thanks for having us. Absolutely. So thanks for, for folks, uh, yeah, uh, thanks for making the trip down here. Appreciate it. Yeah. Absolutely. You guys are uh, are one of my local breweries you guys are, are pretty close to to where i reside over in st paul for uh, for folks that aren't uh, as close as i am or aren't aware of of wabasha brewing give us a bit of an introduction to background uh, where you guys are at and what you do well we're down by the wabasha caves 429 wabasha street south um called the neighborhood the west side that's what everybody over there calls west it. side yeah so uh, getting there nowadays with the construction's a little bit tougher. The uh, high bridge is now closed down, so uh, Wabasha Bridge across from downtown. Getting a lot of traffic. Way, yeah, it's the way to get there. So, <laughs> uh, pretty easy route once you cross. Yeah, yeah. So how long have you guys been open for now? We're uh, right at about two and a half years now. Opened uh, February of 15, and uh, that was in the back of the uh, building. And since then, we've opened the new tap room down front on the street level. So we've got a nice street level presence. Uh, it's a cool old building, uh, 1865, original tin ceilings, wood floors, you know, so it's a nice space. How is the, uh, it's a pretty unique neighborhood. I mean, just just speaking in terms of architecture and culture and, and just the entire neighborhood, it's one of the, the really neat spots in, in St. Paul. How has the, the area been? Have they been receptive to what Wabasha is doing? Absolutely, I think so. Yeah, they super embraced us. Yeah, I mean, you guys have, have really, um, I mean, and embraced the neighborhood as well. Part of your your uh, event this coming weekend, the, the Fall Fest, you've got uh, uh, a Brino Mercado is going to help take part, right? Yeah. Tell, us, tell us a little about the, the Fall Fest, what you guys are doing. They'll have their, uh, El Breeder Mercado will have their food truck, so um, they'll be coming down. Uh, we've got some gifts in there. We're going to do uh, an actual, we have to call it a chance drawing now. We can't call it uh, a raffle, as you probably, <laughs> probably know. <laughs> but that's for the uh, Minnesota We're Parkinson's. A, not a raffle. Right. <laughs> not a raffle. Uh, Minnesota Parkinson's Foundation. So we got a lot of local people involved in that, uh, Boca Chica. Uh, gave us some stuff. Boca Chica uh, is great. That's another example of of the neighborhood yeah. that that really you can't you can't find 
elsewhere really in the Twin Cities other than over on the west side of, of St. Paul. Yeah. That's one of the things I love about living on, on the west side of St. Paul is that you get that authentic, you know, Latin Mexican cuisine. You really you, you can't find it elsewhere. Yeah, I mean, that's that's a cuisine that's a, that's that's underrepresented in the Twin Cities for sure. Yeah. Yeah, it is very good. Good food over there. Yeah. And all the people are great. So, you know, we got a lot of stuff um different people from the neighborhood added things to that. So mm-hmm. um, then we're going to have some some music, uh, some friends of ours, and uh, some Matt people Yetter's we've had now. Yeah. yeah, let's roll through the music. What are you guys? Uh, what are you guys doing for music? When will that start? It starts at one. So we got Matt Yetter from one to three. And uh, who else did you book? Josh and his buddy coming down. They're going to do acoustic uh, duet I stuff. I love Josh and his buddy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Big fans, big fans. And then we're actually going to end with uh, karaoke. So no, that's that's like always the best way that's to end the night. Schmitty's favorite. Well, Schmitty's uh, known to tear up, tear about, up to uh, karaoke. About twelve thirty, one o'clock. I'll uh, I'll grace you all with a stirring rendition of "Cover of the Rolling Stones." All right, I'll Sweet. do. I'll, I'll, I'll do afternoon delight. <laughs> that's awesome. Well, you're also going to have uh, our friends from. Uh, cigars and or international cigars. Uh, Maria and, and yeah. company do a, a yeah. great job hand rolling cigars. They do. That's uh, I love when when I see them at uh, at festivals. Uh, you know, I, I know not everybody is a fan, and we and we certainly feature cigars and the like here on the show. But it 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 adds so much as long as people are polite when when they're enjoying and not walking around through the the crowds and blowing everybody's faces and everything. But if you're if you're into that and if you can find a corner that's you know a little secluded and you're not going to annoy everybody it adds to your experience or, or at least it really can if you're into that right yeah 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 are you guys cigar guys or just absolutely yeah no. yeah absolutely well we will uh, we will have uh the folks from deployment cigars calling in so look forward to, to that segment nice what uh yeah. what are you doing for beers for the fest oh, well we're uh debuting our Oktoberfest, our darktoberfest we call it it's basically a in between a, a Marzen and a, drawing a blank right now. Dunkel. And a Dunkel. All right. So it's kind of an interesting beer within itself. Um, I've got a pumpkin beer coming off that generally I'm not really a big fan of pumpkin beers. So, I so you decided really, to brew one? So I decided to make one, but, <laughs> but, but we made it uh, super light. So it's actually palatable. Yeah. Um, it's a really, just it's just a light beer with just a really nice little pumpkin flavor in it it's not yeah, it's not overpowering not overpowering like some of them just you know i like to make beer that i'll drink right well that's you know? that's always a good plan <laughs> I, I find do you uh what do you what do you think it is that's so divisive about pumpkin beer is it the the pumpkin flavor is it the the heavy handedness at time with the spice where what uh, what does it for you what brett why don't you like pumpkin beers i don't you know it's the clove yeah the clove and the the all that the herb kind of flavor that gets to me. The one I'm kind of going for, I went for more of a pumpkin pie feel mm-hmm. versus that clovey pumpkin. So a little sweeter, maybe? A little sweeter. Yeah. And the, yeah, for me, it's always been the clove. The clove sets me, yeah. you know, no thanks. But I think we just got oversaturated with it. Like it was, it was kind of neat when it, you know, kind of first hit the market. There were just a few, you'd see a few here and there. Mm-hmm. And then right. uh, every year it was a little more and a little more. And then and it then seems it like in the last there. two years, yeah. it's like, you know, entire shelves of nothing but pumpkin after right. pumpkin after right. pumpkin. And it's like, okay, okay. Okay, we're done. that's enough. <laughs> well, I, I think pumpkin kind of led the way for a long time on, oh, yeah. on the pumpkin beer. I think people saw 
man, Hum King is doing gangbusters. We need to get in yeah, on that action. Exactly. And I think a lot of people tried to put their spin on it. And number one, it's tough to beat the original, right? And and two, it's tough to duplicate because they do Southern Tier, I think, has their own spin. They have their their taste, their flavor, right? Mm-hmm. It's a lot of their stuff is is just on the sweeter side. Mm-hmm. Um, and so either you, you it's going to be difficult to outsweet them, right? So your other choice is to try to outspice them, and that, and that's, and that <laughs> yeah. doesn't, that doesn't end well. That's yeah. always work. Yeah, yeah. I like yeah. that. I like that you said you went for more of a pumpkin pie flavor. The, I, I haven't tried yours yet, but the the pumpkin beers that I've had that skew a little more towards that pumpkin pie flavor, I find a lot more appealing. Yeah, I, I, I would agree. You know, it reminds me of a time uh, I don't know, probably a few years ago, I did a uh, a pumpkin pie tasting i uh, made myself a pumpkin pie and uh cut a good good chunk slice out of it maybe a quarter of the pie it was a, it was a healthy slice and poured i don't know four or five different pumpkin beers to decide which pumpkin beer goes best with pumpkin pie and i can tell you none None. That's Not way too one. much pumpkin. Don't do it. Don't do it. That's my advice to you. Don't do that. Yeah. Yeah. You need like a cream, creamy something. beer or something to balance that out. Maybe some whiskey. Yeah. Maybe a whiskey. Right. Maybe just a couple shots of whiskey. Yeah. There you go. <laughs> we are coming up on a break. We'll be back uh, after this with more Twin Cities News Talk, AM 1130, 103.5 FM. <laughs> Welcome back to the Minnesota Beer Cast, Minnesota's premier show for beer, spirits, wine, cheese, cigars, <clears throat> Drew, Schmitty. All the good things in life. <laughs> All the good things in life. <laughs> I, put us, I put us in that category. Chili, yeah. soon to be chili. Soon to be chili, that's right. We are going to have a uh, chili cook-off to celebrate oh, yes. the third anniversary of the program, uh, Schmitty and myself. Uh, Schmitty's b- bragged about his chili a number of times. I've bragged about mine. I mean, I don't mean to be boastful, but... It's won awards. Yeah, that doesn't... From who? People. <laughs> <laughs> now, is this just the two of you guys doing the chili cooking? You know, we have or not you? really decided yet yeah, if we want to do... We're really bad at planning. <laughs> like, we just come up with an idea and then hope it comes into fruition, <laughs> you know, magically. You know, nice. I like the idea of, of... Most of our conversations are, I thought you were going to do that. <laughs> <laughs> That's pretty much all our conversations. <laughs> I like the idea of the uh, the chili cook-off being crowd participation. Okay. But it, then, you you know, it's always it's always difficult if you're relying on people to participate because then... People have to participate. We're like crowd participation in, as in they're providing chili, or crowd participation is in they're trying our chili and voting. Well, th- I don't want to have to make a ton of chili, which uh-huh. is why I'm thinking if we have. Sounds like you're conceding already. No, <laughs> that's what I'm. That's what I'm hearing. Well, <laughs> and you know, there's only so many spots for trophies in my trophy right. case. Yeah. I'm just saying. <laughs> if, How many of them start with the word participation? <laughs> <laughs> I think it'd be fun if listeners brought some chili. All right. I mean, otherwise, I'm just stuck tasting your chili. 
<laughs> so I'm not Fair saying. Point. Fair point. I'm just saying. All right. Okay. Okay. We'll 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 work out the details off the air. Okay. That? We won't Fine. we won't bore the listeners with our brainstorming session on our third anniversary <laughs> chili cook off that may or may not happen. Yeah, what's happening? It's going down. All right. I guarantee. We're we're having chili. We're having beer. It's going to be a good time. It's going to be a very good time. It's absolutely going to so, be. So yeah, our third anniversary is coming up. Uh, we don't know exactly when, but mid October ish. <laughs> yeah, you know, something around, like that. Around the time Chili's ready. <laughs> right, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> we uh, let's get back to the show, shall we? I think we shall. We've uh, we've uh, we've got Wabasha in studio. Of course, we've got Bovida, uh, and we've got Surly Brewing. Josh from Surly. We're going to focus on you and what's going down at Surly this segment. How you doing, man? Doing great. Thanks for having me. Yeah, thanks for coming on the show. What's new at Surly? Uh, oh, geez. It, there's always something new at Surly. <laughs> right? I no, mean, that's just I ran into, the nature uh, of the beast. To Ben at uh, at ABR, and I'm like, hey, man, what's going on uh, at Surly? We should have you guys in the show. He's like, we can talk about this. We can talk about that. We can, like, I'm like, whoa, I didn't realize you guys had this much going on. Yeah. But, like, so. Tis the season. First for me is wet. Yep, wet. It's finally back. After two years, it's made a return. Oh. Man. And it's a it's a monster. It's for the it's, uninitiated. Yeah, rundown wet because you guys have expanded in big ways yep. since the last edition of wet. Yep. Yeah, we're in multiple states. What uh, what was the the last run of wet? How how much did you guys do? Uh, the last run of wet, uh, I believe we did um, the same amount. It was six hundred barrels okay. worth of uh, brew. So it's in and wet is is a wet hop beer. So these these hops get picked, thrown into uh, a truck, and brought to the brewery. Yeah, from the time they're picked uh, to the time we start brewing, it's usually um, minimum two days, two to three days. Mm-hmm. So from the time they're picked from the vine to the time they hit the brewery, and we start brewing, two to three days. How uh, how difficult is that to do logistically? I mean, oh, it, it's incredibly difficult. I mean. <laughs> Trying to, I mean, the thing about like wet hops is they're ready when they're ready. Right. That's the hard part is like they're not, it's not a specific time. It's like when they're ready, they get picked, they get put on a truck, and then they get shipped. So do you have to keep like a, a, a floating vessel open during a, a special time of the year when you're hoping that the hops are going to be ready? I mean, because you've got a production calendar that you are yep. supposed to abide by. Yeah, there's a lot of lot of scheduling that goes on. There's a lot of um, logistics and stuff. And so we try to plan as best as possible. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, we try to plan for every possible scenario. Uh, most of the times in the previous years, what has showed up or the hops have showed up on like a Monday or Tuesday this year, they sh- uh, arrived um, 5 a.m. Thursday morning. So 5 a.m. Thursday morning, we started brewing until Sunday at about 4 p.m. We were done. <sighs> wow. <laughs> that's, that's, so uh, it was 24. Oh, is that a, uh, for the uninitiated and the people that, that don't uh, don't have a lot of brewing experience, is that a, is that a pretty involved process where you're, it's hands-on for... Uh, for most of the steps of the way, or oh, are, there, are there times when you can sort of step away and sort of let it just let it be? No, it's all hands on deck. Yeah. Yep. So you you said the last uh, run of what that you guys did was what six hundred barrels? I believe so. And yeah. is this going to be the the same? Is yep. is so is wet done at the the new facility or done at the old uh, the old facility? Uh, wet is still done out of our Brooklyn Center original facility. So that's that's kind of why you guys are pegged into that. I guess barrelage, right? Yeah, 
Cause yeah, it's well, it's also limitations on uh, the hops themselves. We're actually um, the second largest order of wet hops in the entire country. So this year, it's 100% uh, mosaic hops, and we uh, had 6,000 pounds of them. Who's who's number one? Do you know? Is it what Sierra Nevada or something? Um, I do not know offhand. Yeah, we'll go with Sierra Nevada. Yeah, so why not? Why not? Yeah, sure. <laughs> <laughs> so <laughs> makes sense. The uh, what uh, what kind of flavors can we expect out of a uh, 100% wet mosaic? You're gonna get a lot of uh, a lot of tropical notes. Um, you're gonna get some grassy notes just because of the like leafy material. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's not like a pelletized. Uh, Hop. It's one of my favorite components of, of a fresh hop or wet hop beer. You get some of that. It's not vegetal, I wouldn't say, but you get that that plant mm-hmm. component, that grassy, and it's not like in a like offensive grassy way, but you get that. No, it's earthy. Yeah, yeah it's a very it's, nice grassy, yeah. um, lively as I yeah, like to yeah, kind yeah, of adds a, describe adds a layer, it. Like a layer of richness to it, kind yeah. of. Yeah, yeah it, it's. I would say adding a layer is, is a good way to describe it, where you get. You get a more full, rounded flavor that you don't yeah. get from from that compressed pellet, right? Yep. So, we talked about how much stuff you guys have going on. Not only do you have wet coming, and when can we expect wet? By the way, uh, it's fermenting in the tanks right now. So, a couple couple weeks. As right. soon as it's ready, we're gonna get it out to market as quick as possible because it is a wet hop. And so we want to drink it fresh. To the, the beer cast as soon as it's ready, right? Yeah. <laughs> exactly. You guys have me again. Why not? Right. right. Well, okay. We also have a floating <laughs> schedule where when Josh <laughs> Josh has wet hop, beer, we've got a space. We, we leave a little leeway for that. <laughs> Schmitty's already writing it down. <laughs> right. Exactly. Exactly. You've also got the uh, the tenth annual Surly Fest. Yep. This Saturday. Starting that's, at 11 a.m. That's always fun, man. Yeah, it's a blast. You guys have always done a great job with that. What can folks expect at uh, at Surly Fest? Uh, it's just going to be just a great, you know, um, Surly Fest party. Uh, it's you know our version of a, a kind of a Oktoberfest. Yeah. So we're opening the entire grounds. It's free. You don't need a ticket to get in. And that's going to be at the the new facility, yep, of course, at the, MSP, the Destination Brewery, the Destination Brewery at our beer hall. <laughs> do, do, do you guys ever get tired of that that moniker, the the Destination Brewery? Is there a better name to call it, MSP? I mean, we've I mean, working there. We just call it MSP because mm-hmm. Minneapolis St. Paul. Mm-hmm. It's just it just comes natural to us. But uh, I guess the whole moniker would be the Destination Brewery or the Surly Beer Hall. Right on. So you get there. You, it's free to get in, but then for twenty bucks you can get um, a Stein. You get three tickets for for a sixteen ounce can. You yep. get you get all kinds of music. Um, you guys actually have a couple different packages, right? You've got a a half Munich, which gets you um, what a, a boot, a half liter boot, which is pretty sweet. Yeah, first time ever. That's Surly awesome. Fest boot, dude. I kind of man. I want a boot. Cool. I want a boot. <laughs> Yeah. Who doesn't want a boot? Let's go get boots. <laughs> yeah, that's pretty awesome. That's that's pretty sweet. Yeah, sixteen ounce boot. Yeah, yeah. I I I, I dig it. There's why, why are we doing the show from Surly Fest, well, Schmitty? Because because the show happens on Friday, <laughs> and Surly Fest happens on Saturday. Yeah. Darn it! We should have thought ahead. If only I knew the program manager here. Yeah, really. Maybe, if you maybe we could talk to him. Had any had any pull around here? <laughs> you can make that happen, right? <laughs> so. How how long has the? I guess one of the questions I had about Surly Fest is that it's a it's a it's a really fun beer, and does it stay the same every year, or do you guys tweak it from year to year? What's uh what goes into Surly Fest? It's pretty much the same every year. Um, 
if anything, it'd be like just very, very small changes that no one would ever really notice. It's just a process and yeah, and stuff like that. But we've never really changed the the recipe of it. Never changed the co recipe. The mm-hmm. the hops are the same. The malt's the same. The yeast the same. Yeah, you typically just keep it in the tank a little bit longer. Maybe the temperatures are yep, just a lager it out. different off. Yeah, nice and. What is, I guess, what is the best way to to just processes is how you describe those those minute changes, and those are really just for brewer satisfaction. Or do you take into account any customer feedback when it comes to making those changes? Uh, pretty much, it's just us, you know, trying to hit actually all points. Yeah. Of what you just said, like you know, sometimes we'll take into account. Uh, the customer and also you know a lot we're just being perfectionists so we want to make the best beer possible how uh how many uh how much does the number of bottle caps on untapped go into what you guys do with surly fests <laughs> <laughs> it's funny you ask that because i'm not on untapped so i have no idea <laughs> <laughs> i'm just joshing people love that app i like i like to give it a hard did time. you say you're just joshing yeah. right you oh. like how i did that <laughs> good one <laughs> So we we're in this time of year, and I'd be remiss if I didn't talk about the the big bad beast that is surly darkness that is on the horizon. That is on the horizon. Talk to us about surly darkness, Josh. That's coming up uh, Saturday, October twenty first this year, and um, yep, we're in the planning stages of it right now. Uh, it's in the tanks. It's actually um, the majority of it is done fermenting and being bottled as we speak. How? Uh... You guys don't have anything going on there, do you? <laughs> you've got wet, you've got surly fest, you've got darkness. How 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 significant is darkness to surly as a whole and in the brand and your identity? I mean, what if what if darkness went away tomorrow? How would Oof. that what would that mean to surly? I don't know. That's kind of tough to think about. I mean, because I mean, darkness has always been you know the big identity of surly. Mm-hmm. You know, people from all over the country, if not all all over the world, show up yeah. for Darkness Day so they can get their hands on this collectible bottle. Yeah, and that's just my, to come out and party. That's all my out of state friends. Whenever we start talking about beers yeah. and, and Minnesota beers, that the, one of the first ones they always ask about is uh, Surly Darkness. Yeah, yeah. You know, people line up um, 3 p.m. Friday just so they can get their hands on it, and then yeah. they're there all night. How much of it do you think is people wanting to get their hands in the beer, and how much of it is do you think people wanting to hang out and party? And I shouldn't say party because people don't really. It's not like there's disco balls and stuff, but there, but there are the, the the beer dorks and the you know the. I think it's more of a sense of community. Yeah, for sure. You know, people like hanging out. It's not you know, like a party, but it's more of a community where people you know people like minded. Mm-hmm. Can come out and hang out and share stories and share beers and just have a good time with each other. You know, it's going to be your people, right? The, the the same people who would camp out overnight for a, a big imperial stout are going to be the same people you're going to be in line with. So, yep. you, you mean you can you can bring your uber rare beer and and you can pour some for that guy. And you know, he's not going to crinkle up his nose and go, Ugh, yeah, right. Or if or if he does, you probably both are, right? Yeah. I mean, because because you do that for your brother in law, and he might just make that face, right? But if but if you're camping out for for Surly, and you're and you're gonna get some darkness, you're gonna get some some guys who who know their beer. Yeah. It's, it's nice to be in, in a group like that. 
We coming up on a break, on a break Drew? We are indeed. Uh, we've got uh, Drew from uh, Bovida standing by. We're going to talk some uh, some cigar stuff with him. And uh, a little bit later on in the show, we're going to talk to uh, to Chuck from uh, DeploymentCigars.com. Absolutely. We'll, uh, we'll talk to Drew from uh, Bovida after this. You're listening to Twin Cities News Talk, AM 1130 and 103.5 FM. Twin Cities News Talk, AM 1130 and 103.5 FM. Welcome back to the Minnesota BeerCast. Make sure to uh, check out minnesotabeercast.com. You can find uh, a lot of news and links to things we talk about on there, our archive programs. We also have our own channel on the iHeartRadio app. See? So you got to download the iHeartRadio app. It's free. And uh, once you get in there, you, there's a little podcast section. Just search Minnesota BeerCast, and you'll find the Minnesota BeerCast channel. With all of our archive programs on there, it's really great. Technology. It's the best way to, to uh, best way to listen to the show. It's amazing through the iHeartRadio app. Sure. Unless if you're not listening to it live, you should be listening to it live. Why aren't you? Friday nights at eight. <laughs> <laughs> that's what you. That's what you should. That's that's what people who make good life choices are doing. <laughs> that's what I'm doing. That's right. <laughs> Speaking of good life choices, I've got a uh, a Todd the Axeman directly off the canning line. Oh, that is a good life choice. Oh, that is a very good life choice. <laughs> Thank you, Josh. It's delicious. <laughs> this segment, we're going to talk a little uh, a little more cigar cigar talk. We've got uh, Drew from Bovida. How are you doing, Drew? I'm doing well. Thanks for having me. Thanks for coming on, man. Yeah, happy to be here. Wanted to bring you on for for a while now because uh, we we had a, a, a wonderful meeting a few weeks ago where. Uh, you and I sat down, had a couple cigars, and uh, and I learned a lot about the company and and what you guys do. And for those not familiar, uh, Bovida is you make uh, humidifying packs, right? We do. It's a fascinating little company. It really is a cool story behind the company. I got turned on to it at Cigar Jones. Mike put a Bovida pack in my cigars as I was leaving. Yep. Same here. That's how I found out about it. And I asked him, "What's this?" And he said the magic words. You will never recharge your humidor again. Right? Oh, such a pain. <laughs> such a pain. I hate... Everyone can relate to that. Yeah. Oh, it's. I mean, because you forget about it, or the thing dries out, or it gets over wet. And it's just oh, it's such yeah. a pain. It, yeah. is, it is a pain. And, so and, I was immediately hooked. I went downstairs. I did not realize at the time that Bovida was located downstairs from the Jones. And I went down and I met the owners that day. And I said, Who, how did you think this up? And they had a challenge 20 years ago with a small teak humidor trying to figure out how to have a uh, no-hassle disposable humidity product. And two food scientists from General Mills figured it out. And they're two of the founders of the company and these other two young guys at the time uh, came up with uh, the company and they went out and sold Bovida bags, gave Bovida bags away out of their backpacks at the cigar show in Las Vegas. And uh, I was just there with them in Vegas in July, and it was their 21st show. And they have grown to become the worldwide leader in humidity control mm-hmm. for uh, cigars, and now uh, they're slowly being adopted into the cannabis business. There you go. It's the only, it's the only one that I'm aware of. I mean... One of the things that strikes me is is the name. Do you know the origin of the, the company name? Yeah. Uh, it used to be called Humidipack. Okay. And they changed the name about eight years ago because so many other products had the humi or humidity uh, aspect to the name. Mm-hmm. And they looked high and low and they found Bovida 
which is a Spanish derivation, and boveda means uh, loosely a vault. And the notion of locking in freshness, you were talking about those fresh hops, and I got excited because freshness is where it's at, especially for cigars and cannabis, and we also have a application in the, in the guitar business. But uh, nobody likes a dry cigar. No. No. Right. Worse, I mean, right. I mean I'll, I'll smoke it if I have to. But <laughs> not going to let it go to waste. It's not ideal. <laughs> if you're, like, ice fishing. <laughs> right? Yeah. I mean, sometimes any port in a storm will do, but, you know, you'd rather be someplace tropical, right? Yeah, so it's all about uh, supporting people as they enjoy their passions. You know, if, uh, if you enjoy, if you're a foodie, if you are uh, enjoy a good libation, if you love the the luxury of a cigar and the and the relaxation of a cigar there's not a lot of stress that you can take on when you're smoking a cigar it's true <laughs> it's very true so do, do you have tell me more about the product so i usually keep my my humor at around anywhere between like 65 and in 70 do you have different products for the different ranges or or how uh, how does that work we do. We have different humidity levels for different applications. If you were uh, just bought a brand new cedar-lined humidor, we would uh, suggest use our 84% product to season your humidor for a couple weeks. And then depending on where your cigars are coming from, uh, the Dominican, uh, Nicaragua, people that get Cubans, everybody's got a little different sweet spot as far as what they like in terms of humidity. So we have a 75% product, a 72% product, 69 65 and then we've got the 62 and 58 for cannabis and then 49 for guitars and 32 for clarinet reeds oh wow so, i didn't even think about yeah. the the reeds my my uh my better half is a uh, a very accomplished musician and oh, i uh, knew that i could have brought you some samples let's see i i well, i didn't even i didn't even occur to me i'll have to come back well you're welcome anytime apparently we're gonna have wet here in a few weeks so <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah you might want to come back then <laughs> we'll, we'll, we'll let you know when josh is back <laughs> oh, that'll be fun yeah so the different uh each one of this uh humidity levels is actually a different natural salt Oh, and wow. uh, it's salt is key to controlling humidity, and it's genuine two-way humidity control. So that's what I was going to say. What's really amazing about the product is it isn't just letting off humidity; it's controlling the well, humidity. It's weird because you think it it has this ability to think, but it doesn't. It's a it's an inert object. It's just uh, different salts resonate at different humidity levels. So by putting the salt and water combination in there, if you're putting your a boveda packet into a dry humidor, it's going to exude water vapor. And the only thing that comes out of that boveda is water vapor. And if you were to put it into a uh, surplus environment, like if you had just uh, dried a huge uh, uh, harvest of cannabis, mm -hmm. you put the boveda in and it draws the moisture out of the product and it keeps it within a point of the number that's printed on the packet. That's pretty cool because that's that's one of the things that really gives it a competitive advantage over some of the other humi, humid, humor products is that a lot of those really are just focused on releasing moisture, correct? Oh, and we used to use all sorts of things to keep things. I mean, you'd use a tortilla. You'd use different <laughs> uh, peels from fruits. Right? You'd have, you know... Yeah, a wet sock. Uh, back, I, I can uh, I can confess to uh, you know if a, if a fella has to travel for a, a day or two taking a, a damp uh, paper towel and maybe wetting it and throwing it into mm -hmm. uh, yeah. yeah who hasn't done that everybody's yeah. done that yeah 
Uh, and now you this, don't have to anymore. You don't have to anymore. Yeah. They're uh, really inexpensive. They're uh, unfortunately they last too long. Uh, we're trying to come up with a way to have them expire quicker. So <laughs> selling more of them. Yeah, design obsolescence, long... I believe, is the uh, the term for it. Correct. I mean, yeah, that's, that's what Apple does. They left that out when typically, they figured uh, out this product. Typically, how long do they last? Um, like if you put one... I get asked that question all the time at the cannabis shows, and I'll look at somebody and I'll say, well, it depends on how often you open and close your container. Right. <laughs> In your case, that's not going to be very long. <laughs> but uh, no, it's uh, if you put a uh, one of our larger packs in a standard humidor, you should be able to have confidence in its uh, viability for three or four months. No, that's that's okay. a that's a good stretch. Yeah, that's a good stretch. And what's the what's the price point on? Retail, retail on our standard cigar packs are five bucks. Some people sell them for six bucks. Um, our uh, we have smaller packs that you can put into a travel humidor or different applications, but uh, uh, generally they're they're pretty inexpensive. Considering you're, I, I can't walk out of a cigar store without spending a hundred bucks. So, mm-hmm. so if I've got a humidor home, uh, should I have? like a false bottom with uh, like a Boveda pack underneath it, or am I good to just take it and toss it in on top of the cigars? What is the application for the product? Uh, you're safe to have them right up against the cigar, so there's no, it's really a personal preference. Uh, we designed a 320-gram pack now that's a, about the size of a small book, and those are, have a mounting plate that goes inside of a traditional humidor. And people love them because you could re- literally replace your Boveda once a year. Oh, wow. Um, but typically the packets that you're used to seeing the that are a little bit larger than the size of a pack of cigarettes, those those will uh, do just fine right up against your cigars. You could have them in a false bottom. We also have wood and metal holders that we offer on our website, uh, bovidainc.com. Check it out. We'll uh, gladly hook you up with the right accessories. Or just uh, invite and, me back and I'll bring stuff. Right. And your website is for people that want to go check out your products? Boveda, B-O-V-E-D-A, Inc, I-N-C, dot com. Boveda, Inc, dot com. And we'll post that up on the uh, on the Minnesota Beer Cast, and we'll throw a link up on the uh, Minnesota Beer Cast Facebook page as well. Yep. And we'll throw it in the show notes, so it'll yep. be easy to find. Yep. It's an amazing product. It's a great product. And uh, thank Drew. Man, thanks for uh, finally coming on. It's been... Uh, it's been, really a treat. Yeah. I look forward to coming back and uh, look forward to hearing you guys talk more about all this great beer you've got around here. <laughs> <laughs> all right. All right, we're going to talk to uh, Chuck from DeploymentCigars.com. We're going to keep the cigar theme going. We'll talk to him next right here. Reluctantly crouched at the starting line. Engines pumping and thumping in time. The green light flashes. The flags go up. Churning and burning, they yearn for the cup. They Welcome back to the Minnesota Beer Cast. I am Drew. That is Schmitty. That's me. And as we say on this show all the time, we uh, it's not just about beer. We talk no. about whatever the hell we want to talk about. <laughs> we talk about just things we like. And one of the things uh, that we uh, that we both like quite a bit is cigars. Yes, sir. And I'm pleased to be joined by uh, Chuck Cordick from DeploymentCigars.com. Good evening, Chuck. Thanks for joining us. Good evening, gentlemen. How are you this evening? Fantastic. Thanks for uh, giving us a few minutes. Now, DeploymentCigars.com, a relatively, uh, relatively new company that, that you started recently. Give us the uh, background on what Deployment Cigars is and how this company came into being. Well, Deployment Cigars was started back in uh, 2016. And kind of a, a little, uh, just to support uh, what was going on with the uh, Republican National Convention, we manufactured a thousand Monica blue dress cigars and we gave them out 
<laughs> not really to the delegates, but to uh, to the people who are working, um, the Secret Service agents, the troopers, uh, the National Guardsmen. Um, I, I, I've got a ton of pictures of, uh, you know, handing out the cigars. We took a picture with them. And the Monica Blue Dress cigars, they're Woodford enhanced uh, with uh, the bourbon. And uh, when you pull off the label and you look behind them, it's got all the uh, Clinton terms. Yeah, I noticed and like on, on all of your cigars, there's always a, there's always a, a little a little Easter egg hidden behind the label on them. Yeah, and, and nobody else does that in the industry. I mean, the only one that, that does anything like that similar is Acid, but they just put their web address inside of it. And I said, you know, what a waste of marketing space. You know, you pull off the label, you're smoking a cigar, and the problem in the country right now, we don't teach history properly, and when you pull it off, you Google the term, and it comes right up in Wikipedia. Uh, and when I was up at the RNC, I was smoking the cigars. I actually walked in with an ammo can humidor, and all these uh, security people said, hey, there's a guy coming in with a with an ammo can. He's probably got ammo in there. Stop him. I opened the thing up, and it was a uh, – we manufacture them. They're cedar-lined ammo can humidors, which I think you gentlemen have one. Yeah, it's a really a neat product. I mean, it's a really cool. You sent us one to uh, to check out, and it's like a genuine military ammo can, but it's it's lined, and it's a, it's a beautiful little humidor. You know, and there's, and there's Bill Freeman said no such thing as a free lunch, and I always say no such thing as a free cigar or a free humidor. <laughs> you know, we, 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 we want to promote what we're doing, but also, you know, what we're doing to give back. And Gary Bernstein, who's uh, one of the founders and inspiration for us, a former CIA officer uh, who wrote the book Jawbreaker, he's on Fox News every other week, a uh, big contributor. Uh, he actually uh, hunted down Bin Laden and... Uh, Rumsfeld and Bush said, stand down, we're going to let the Pakistanis get them. And he wrote a best-selling book on it. And uh, what ended up happening, you know, Pakistanis ended up uh, hiding them. But uh, Gary's a big cigar smoker. He's a former highly decorated CIA officer, and that's how we came up with deployment cigars. Uh, and part of it, the big thing is we continuously give back. Um, I do venture capital for living to help fund the deal. But I'm driving my CFO and COO nuts because he said, you know, Chuck, you're giving away all the profit. And, you know, just at the, I think it was through the uh, Minnesota um, Military Family Foundation, you know, we set up 120 cigars. We gave them out, you know, as our donation because we still, we uh, help support a lot of different military charities. And our way of giving back is to give cigars back. Yeah, and that's uh, that's something that I'm I'm reading on here. For every, uh, well, you you tell it. For every certain amount of cigars that you sell, you uh, you send tr- uh, cigars out to deployed troops. Right. So for every hundred cigars, we send out ten. But now between nine eleven and December seventh, we're doubling that. And we work with Blue Star Moms. Just this past September, we sent out a thousand cigars. We're trying to send out three thousand cigars. And we're actually getting letters back, and the, and, and, the, and the deployed soldiers and sailors say, you know, I'm usually getting the beef jerky or the hot chocolate, you know, or some candy and stuff, and I actually got a cigar. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, how cool is that? And they really appreciate it. Plus, they get a little, they get a little laugh out of it, you know, because they peel off the label, they look behind it, and they see a term that they can actually Google. Eventually, we're going to do augmented reality, where when you go to an app, a little video will play. But the troops really do appreciate it, and uh, we're, we, we're, we're constantly trying to give back. And uh, 
you know, my father was in World War II, was a big Lucky Strike smoker, and they would give them boxes of Lucky Strikes. You know what kind of brand awareness that created? My, my father smoked cigarettes for 20 years till my mom made him give it up. You know, but that was because he smoked the Lucky Strike. You know, sure. but, uh, you know, he's always on, but the guy was always under fire as an engineer. And he says, you know, son, I never, I never shot my M1 Grand once, but you know what it's like getting sniper fire, you know, and you're trying to put together a bridge. I must have smoked two packs of Lucky Strikes every single day. I imagine that helped. <laughs> imagine that helped with yeah. the nerves. <laughs> so for every hundred cigars you sell, you say, uh, you send out 10 to deployed troops. You do that through the, the Blue Star Mom program and the USMC uh, Family Support program as well. Uh, give us a quick rundown of the uh, of the types of cigars that are available on DeploymentCigars.com currently. Well, we got our premium, uh, which is a deployment premium. It's a... Uh... It is uh, a Nicaraguan and also Dominican. Uh, it's a 6 by 60 It's camouflage. When you pull off the label on the back, it's got nothing but CIA terms. Uh, fantastic smoke. And, you know, and, and as I was talking before we got on the air, Fuentes are manufacturer of these cigars. You know, General Cigar manufacturers for everyone thinks that Rocket Patel, you know, uh, produces his own cigars. He really doesn't touch anything. Uh, Fuente and General, actually General Cigar does a lot of the work for them. And you're seeing a lot of these. I mean, even you see a lot of companies that are boutique. They're subcontracted and everything else. But what ours are different is it's a high-quality line of cigars uh, that we have. Um, it's really stories on the back of the cigar. The deplorable that we have has nothing but Trump terms. And we also have a list of all of Trump, Donald Trump's girlfriends and former wives on the back, um, <laughs> you know, which is which, which is kind of cool. Um, and and that the actually the deplorable, the black label, and the Monica are the same cigars. The deplorable is not enhanced with bourbon through a process that we have, but the Monicas are. And then the uh, black label cigar is basically the same as the, but it's politically correct as the uh, Monica Bluegrass cigar that we have. And uh, that's got nothing but uh, Kentucky bourbon terms, uh, Kentucky Derby, uh, Keeneland, and horse racing terms on it. But, you know, you're sitting there smoking a cigar, and by the time you get to halfway through, you're always pulling the label off. You're sitting there with your phone. Everyone's got a smartphone. You get a little history lesson, and it's kind of cool, and it brings back a lot of memories. And I remember at the, the RNC, I was interviewed by uh, Israeli uh, TV, and they ask, you know, you're producing a cigar. Isn't this going to bring back some bad memories? And I said, well, we want to remind people what happened with the Clintons. I said, smell and taste is always a great way to bring back a memory. So deploymentcigars.com is your website. Like I said, you've just been around for uh, for just about a year now. And uh, and I love the mission. I love the fact that you're uh, you, you know you support some amazing military charities, the Semper Fi Fund, the Minnesota Military Family Foundation. That's an organization that is very close to me, and I've worked with them for years. They do fantastic work up here. And uh, like I said, for every uh, every hundred cigars that you sell, uh, two uh, ten go out to deployed troops. So I would encourage everybody to go to deploymentcigars.com. Schmidt and I have had the pleasure of enjoying uh, your uh, your premiums. And uh, they were fantastic. Absolutely, they were really, really good. I'm looking forward well, to. And, and, uh, you also got a couple T-shirts. I think in the package we sent up to you. That's too, right. Correct? That's a, yep. Got a couple T-shirts. I've got the ammo can humidor, which is a really, really neat product. So I encourage everybody to go to uh, deploymentcigars.com and check out the lineup of all the great products. 
So how are you guys going to fight over the ammo can? You know, who's going to end up with that? And I know you only got one deployment cigar T-shirt. The other one was one of the cherries we do the following 15. Yep, and I'm going to do I'm, deployment cigars. I'm going to keep the uh, charity T-shirt. Schmitty's got the Schmitty called dibs on the deployment cigars T-shirt. As far as the ammo can, we're uh, we're planning on having a chili cook-off here. Should that be the prize uh, next month? So I think yeah, I think the uh, the winner of the chili cook-off between Schmitty and myself gets the uh, ammo can humidor. What do you think of that? That's a good idea. One of the things you ought to think about doing, and I'm going to send you guys up because you've been so nice, you know, and especially supporting the uh, the charity up there with the golf outing. I'm going to send you guys up uh, two ammo can humidors. But what you need to think about is go grab yourself a silver sharpie. And if there's any uh, Minnesota Vikings or you know Minnesota University of Minnesota football team members or the coach, have them autograph it. And it actually adds to the patina. You could sell and auction that ammo can off. Treat it like a football. There you go. And we have done that all over the place. You'll see those damn ammo cans. You know, last year we did, uh, the previous year we did the cigars for the Arnold Schwarzenegger Classic down in Columbus. The ammo can went for $5,000. Wow. Because it was the only thing that Arnold, I'll send you the pictures. It was the only thing that was autographed by Arnold and it included cigars. And, you know, and we're looking forward to doing this every single year with you with the Minnesota Military Family Foundation. And I think I talked to the the people over there that run it, we'd like to do a steak dinner or something that's a cigar smoke out, you know, with uh, with you and Schmidt. Um, sometime get that plan and raise some more money for these people. I don't know about Schmidt, but I'm 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 generally a fan of steak. You had me at steak. <laughs> <laughs> All right, man, that sounds like a plan. So uh, so keep listening for details on upcoming uh, cigar dinners, a, a cigar steak dinner with Schmidt and myself, and there will be, of course, charitable tie-ins with the Minnesota Military Family Foundation, all that. And and I want to personally thank you for your support of the uh, of the golf tournament. Uh, we we work with that golf tournament every single year here at the Twin Cities News Talk and through my morning show, Justice and Drew, uh, to support the Minnesota Military Family Foundation. So it was great to have you on board, and I look forward to working with you more uh, in upcoming uh, upcoming events, upcoming tournaments, and things like that. Everybody go to uh, deploymentcigars.com, check out their line of products, buy some cigars, because uh, because you're, you're helping out the deployed troops every time you buy some cigars uh, from this company. Chuck, thank you so much for your time this evening. Thank you. All right, well, take care. We'll talk to you soon. And that'll do it for this episode of the Minnesota BeerCast. Thanks for listening. Uh, don't forget to go check out uh, iTunes, check out the website, give us a rating, and share the show yep. with your friends. We'll be uh, back next week. Fulton's going to join us next week. There you have it. Cheers. 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 More to the point. Roll out the barrel and lend me.